Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Slam Rap Radio. It's the first of the Masters specials. I'm absolutely buzzing that it's Masters season and anyone that talks to me online or in real life probably isn't because I only talk about one thing nowadays. Um, but I'm delighted to be bringing a player interview to kick off this Masters season. Um, and as you might have heard the other day, I was very happy with the three people I managed to snag. I'm delighted to be joined by Ali Parin. Thank you for coming on. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm good, yeah. Uh, I was happy to be selected for your podcast because I think, um, not that the other podcasts uh, are bad, <laughs> I just listen to yours the most because the shorter episodes um, a lot more manageable for me, whereas, you know, a lot of these two-hour marathons, I kind of yeah. get lost halfway through. I mean, th- yeah. this was always the idea with Slam Rap, way back in the, the first episode, me and Raf discussed that we wanted a roughly 45-minute episode was sort of the plan. Um, and I know from when I do my commute, I tend to look for either 25-minute pods or 45-minute pods that can get me there and back. So, yeah, I, I, much, I start switching off after about an hour if I'm presenting anyway. So for me, it's like I wouldn't want to go for much longer. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and and you know, if you enjoy the short episodes, we can just do some yes/no questions and, and clock off in about five minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that'd be a great listening experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people would appreciate that, I'm sure. But um, no, we're going to go through. Um, if you listen to the Masters interviews last year, it'd be a sort of similar format. So, just some some chat about sort of who Ali is, his wargaming journey, um, his plans for the year in your head, and see if I can tease any information on Masters out of him. Be that. Be that specific plans or vague plans, but we'll see. But um, let's let's start with sort of your wargaming journey. I know that, for example, when I talk about this, I talk about uh, Malifaux and Warhammer 7th edition and um, sort of the, the beginnings of my Warhammer journey. How did you get into wargaming? Was it three Games Workshop? Was it through some friends? How did you get into it? Yeah, I just I remember going to Games Workshop in Cambridge where I lived. I grew up. Um, yeah, when I was young, I think my parents were like, sweet, this is something he can do that isn't playing games on the computer. So I remember, I think the very first set we got was like a four, I don't know, four high elf spearmen and four high elf archers and some paints. And then, um, yeah, I think they bought me White Dwarf as well. And then, yeah, I just guess it was something for me to do. And... Uh, yeah, bounce around with armies a bit. Never like this was was a kid, so I didn't really know. I tried playing against my sister. I had a friend that tried playing against. We probably got the rules completely wrong. I remember this guy. It was back when you didn't have random charges. So many arguments about like measuring charge ranges. Yeah. Uh, kind of put me off. And magic was really really good and sick. So you could just like take people off with magic. So. Um, Oh, and then I went to university and I like forgot about it. And then at some stage I was living with my parents in Scotland. Well, there wasn't a huge amount to do and applying for jobs is not very fun. So I kind of dug my mentors out and uh, finally settled on a paint scheme. And then I think I went to, oh, maybe I did get into it in university. I went to... I think my first tournament I went to was Reading Warfare. Um, I met some of that guy that did YouTube videos for my first game. He was very nice. I think he's stopped now. And yeah, I just 
kind of something to it's kind of become my hobby is something to do for like me time like none yeah. of my friends like from outside the hobby do it but i've uh, infiltrated my way into the scene oh uh, actually one guy that got me into it was i found ub and i just played random people on ub because i didn't know anyone that else played ninth i remember uh playing this warriors guy and he was the first guy that wanted to do like voice comms so we got chatting anyway um turns out that guy's um tom clues who i later met in person and when i moved to oxford and yeah so uh, yeah there's a cool story with some how the voice chat on ub is, is cool little addition but yeah i mean yeah. I, I, sorry go wait no, I was going to say back when Nurgle Demon Prince's killing them was like a a mission. <laughs> I, I love those little boxes of like four high elf spearmen and four high elf archers and how they had those for. And there was a critters one that I always remember, which had like little yeah. bats, little spiders. That was one that always drew me in. But you only really mentioned fantasy models there. Did you ever dabble in in 40k Lord of the Rings or was it always just the fantasy side that sort of drew you in? Ah. Uh... I at one stage I read the 40k rules. I've never played a game of 40k. I've never played Middle Earth. Um, play some board games. I got quite into Catan at one point, but and card games. I played a lot of Hearthstone at one point, but in terms of like tabletop, who didn't play a lot of Hearthstone at some point? Like yeah, you get Legend a few times, and then you can yeah, you can realize you've got better things to do with your life. Right, in the very early days of Hearthstone, so. Like, this is maybe a year into Hearthstone. We set up a ninth age sort of league for it. Um, yeah. But the issue was that there was a few people, for example, Tom Maudsley, who had dropped about 500 quid on dust to craft cards. And I was just there with like the, the basic cards. And I'm like, no, I can't keep up with anyone. But um, no, give, give them. But yeah. You just need so, Jordan to buy you all the cards. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, pay to win, right? That, that's the way yeah. it is. But. So you mentioned there that you sort of settled on a colour scheme that you were happy with. Is it the yeah. same army that you're still still yeah. painting nowadays and pushing around nowadays? Yeah. And and why is... I, I don't want to give the name of the army away. I'll let you do that in a second. But why do you... Why were you initially drawn to the army? And why have you sort of still stuck with them through all this time? I know we've done an episode on that about 25 episodes ago, I think. But Oh, so I... I after the High of Spearman, my sister took over the High Elves she played for a bit. I had a little foray with Warriors and then I think just armies in the White Dwarf for Orcs and Goblins, which are now like I think it's like whatever associates with me. Um, I know there's just some like absolutely amazing armies in there. Remember there was a giant or goblin army that was like really, really cool. Um, I just like, I don't know. I like the fact that they're a bit silly. I know like some people don't, but I mean, it's a game for me. I I don't really like taking it too seriously, especially like the law. Like, you know, yeah. my sister does um, live action role play. And I just for me, that's like too, I don't know. I don't like the idea of that at all. It's like, I, I'm, no, I'm similar. Like I've, I've seen people doing it. But, um, yeah, never doubled myself. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, just like, I think there's this triangle where Warhammer players think live action role players take it too seriously. Live action role players look at card gamers and they're like, you guys take it too seriously. 
and card gamers look at Warhammer players and like, wow, you guys. So I think there's a nice little triangle there of people that sort of yeah. are all in the same nerd universe, but um, yeah. yeah, fairly different. Yeah. And now there's just like so many nice miniatures out there that I can't help myself. I have to have them all. I mean, um, have you picked up, we were chatting a bit before we came on, but in terms of the new Auric releases from Games Workshop, as in the, the Cabbage Monster, and I can't remember its actual name, but those more crusher maybe. Uh, but in terms of the new like gloom spy gifts and all the sort of new games which are green skin based releases, have you either a picked any up or b have you got any plans to pick any up? I think the answer is no and no. <laughs> I don't know. I've <laughs> um, I definitely went through a phase where I didn't want to buy stuff from Games Workshop because I was so salty about them killing apes. But now I'm kind of over it. But I just like the more classic miniatures more. I think they have a like more like silly, kind of whimsical style to them, which I like. Whereas like dork ones, I think look nice if you like that kind of more like realistic, kind of like mean aesthetic. But yeah. I like my orcs just looking a bit silly. And like some of the classic ones are just like, they've got that, like probably older than me, but like they're really retro and just love, love their little faces. I like, okay, that's my favorite type of orcs. Orcs are like they're having a good time. I think that's maybe what appealed appeal to me because not all, some dwarf stuff looks like it's having a good time, but nearly all the other armies are very serious. I wouldn't necessarily agree on the dwarf front, but um, yeah, I mean, we, we've chatted about orcs and goblins. I think it was about episode, I want to say 66, roughly, somewhere around there. And we the episode's titled um, what a great army orcs are or something like that so if you want to know a bit more about sort of Ali's love for orcs and sort of his views on, on why Greaseskins are fundamentally the best army and spoilers I used to play a lot of orcs and goblins so I, I have some uh, sympathy there then to give that episode a listen um, so the last question about sort of you and where you're at in sort of your, your hobby space what are your plans for 2022 we're going to assume that Omicron dies off and we can all do whatever we want straight away so uh, ignoring COVID, what would your plans for 2022 in terms of both hobby and gaming be? Well, obviously Masters. Let's hope that actually happens. Um, and Bristol. So that's over my birthday. So, you know, I'm committed. Um, and then I'm, for some, I managed to squeeze my way onto the England ETC team. So in summer, oh, actually, there might be another international tournament sometime before then around April, but then in summer I'll be going to Italy to represent the country, let the country down more like. But yeah. I'm immensely jealous it's in Italy. Um, having gone to Serbia three times and then suddenly moved to Italy and I'm like, damn, missed out. But um, yeah, I, I mean, good luck for, for ETC and, you know, it's always an exciting year. Irrespective of how ETC goes, it's an amazing event and and something to really look forward to, especially now that it's been sort of had a couple of years break with, with COVID. So, yeah, something to really look forward to. And if you do go to other international events, they're, they're wicked as well. So, yeah, yeah. In, enjoy. And is the current plan to... I'm, I'm aware that you might want not want to answer this because the Masters on the horizon. But is your plan for ETC to probably be on Ox and Goblins? We'll sort of see how the start of the year goes. With I think the current plan is for me to be on VS. But with that book changing a lot, I don't think, you know, we'll really know the answer to that question. Um, um, I think, at least for the foreseeable future, 
at least in my opinion, Vermin's Form is going to be a stronger book than Orcs and Goblins. Um, but yeah, I think leave it at that. Um, cool. Yeah, my main ambitions from uh, 2022 is there not to be any stories about how I threw the ETC for England because uh, I've heard stories about that for other people. So if I can avoid having one about me, I'll be happy. There's, there's usually a story or two for you. So um, yeah, yeah hopefully it won't be you on the receiving end. But cool. Um, let's jump into some, um, so sort of looking at your 2021, sort of how your year went. We'll do it really quickly. Um, so the four tournaments that got you into the Masters, there were three with Orcs and Goblins uh, and one with Dread Elves. Let's start with the Dread Elf one. So that was Scottish Champs, a 23rd place finish with Dread Elves. I assume that was UB. Based off, yeah, as you be. Um, how can you have the dread out? Uh, just think 5,000 points was frustrating me with Orcs and Goblins because there's not really like anything extra you can squeeze in, so you have an extra 500 points. Um, I don't know, I just couldn't find something like fun to do with it, it would just be like more stuff on like a similar list. So, and I think dread out had just come out. Um, Oh, I think I wanted to play a witchcraft list, and I thought actually witchcraft's much better in uh, Dread Elves. So I, I wrote a Dread Elves list as a joke, and then um, kind of refined it a bit and submitted it. That's, I think that's the, the joys of UB, right? Is it, yeah, the joys of UB is write joke lists. And... Yeah, I think everyone was saying like, "Oh, someone's going to take a hundred judicators," and I was like, "I bet no one actually will take a hundred judicators." So I took as many as I could fit in. Nice, like yeah. And then uh, Cardiff Open, I can't remember if that sounds like it was an EV event. Um, no. You came 12th out with Orcs and Goblins, Black Country Brawl, which was real life in, in Birmingham, uh, 11th with Orcs and Goblins, and then your top finish of the year was 6th at Underdog Brawl, which was the Veto event, which was probably my favourite event of last year. 6th um, place with Orcs and Goblins. And How did you find the, the whole Veto event with, with your Orcs and Goblins? I just, the book is so horde that like it's very hard to like veto anything really like you can veto the catapults you still got the bolt throwers you can't you couldn't veto the spider king who a lot of people know i big fan of yeah um they've got shamanism and thorm you can't veto both of them they're both very good laws um the main so veto I, think... I saw with orcs and goblins was all based around trolls hmm and I saw a lot of yeah. people like basically vetoing trolls and they didn't have to think about like facing 24 trolls or whatever. But yeah, I mean like trolls are good, but there's plenty of other like good special yeah. choices. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I think it was one of the strongest armies ever. Yeah, I, I, th I thought it was a wicked event as well. And then uh this very start of 2021, so going back almost 12 months now, um, you took part in your first masters. Um, again yep. with Orcs and Goblins how did you find your first Masters outing because um, it is quite a different experience and it really was UB so different again I, but how did you find it? I really enjoyed it I think like all the coverage around it made it feel really special and like there wasn't really much else happening so you know like definitely really enjoyed like the hype and like the community surrounding it and like you know chatting to people and like you, know, you felt some people were rooting you for you um <laughs> how did the games go not so well but you know i think i mean you you avoided the spoon right 
I did. Unfortunately, <laughs> Wally snatched the spoon from me. <laughs> but as, as long as you enjoyed the event, I, like the hype around it was really cool. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how that transitions into a, a tabletop event this year. Um, and then two more questions based around, well, a few more questions based around your, your year that we just had, I guess. What was your standout model of the years and the model that consistently brought you results and consistently did well on the tabletop? You mentioned the, the Goblin King, for example. Yeah, so it's either going to be the Goblin King or like eights of bridge rolls. Um, probably the Goblin, well, the Goblin King is like not actually that consistent. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll say eight bridge trolls. Solid. And what was your but biggest you failure could... of the year? As in That's failure it. model. Failure model. Mm. <laughs> my, my general, uh, yeah, my general at Masters. <laughs> was I mean, he, uh, I, I know four. No, no, he was a Thorn Master with Crown in a list with Trolls. And he had, he was just trying to do too many things. He needed to be like some positions for magic, some positions for leadership, some positions to not get killed. Gotcha. And uh, he just felt a bit overworked. I mean, I can see that when he's trying to, trying to carry a list on his back, maybe. But um, what yeah. was your... What was your best game of the year? And what was your hardest game of the year? Oh, unfortunately, I, I had to think about this and I didn't really come up with like single games. So some recent games I've been enjoyed and we enjoyed my game against Bondi uh, Tech, even though I got zero points out of it. And just, it was just like a fun game, having a laugh with it. Uh, hardest game. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, for me, I, I think more than like how well my opponent plays is like what I find hard is when my opponent is comes across as they're not having a good time. Okay. Well, that's what I find like difficult to deal with. Unfortunately, it was one game at Tech when my opponent kind of um, decided he didn't want to play halfway through. And I felt that kind of hard in a way to kind of, I don't know, I was like, I was yeah. kind of happy to have a 20 because it wasn't going well. But at the same time, like, you know, I don't like the kind, you know, I yeah. want my opponent to feel like they're having a good time, basically. Yeah, I understand. agree. I, I've seen that a few times where situations like that have unfortunately happened um, for a variety of reasons. And it is always quite hard to deal with in that, you know, first and foremost, it is a game of toy soldiers that we're all there to enjoy. And as soon as someone... As soon as someone openly admits that sort of that they're sort of done and they're not having a good time, it is really hard to, to sort of deal with that. And you know, when it happens to you directly, it's quite hard to sort of reflect on that. So, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that happen to you. And, uh, and hopefully, I'm nothing, nothing against the guy. Like, if you don't want to play, um, he doesn't want to play. Just, um, like I, you know, I just felt I kind of almost felt like those situations a bit like, I don't know, I just find them kind of hard to deal with because like. Same time, I, I don't really want to play him as soon as I know he's not enjoying it. But at the same time, like I don't want to come across as a bad sport and just play. Like, oh, I got a twenty. Yeah. So like, anyway, maybe a bit of an oddball. I've had lots of like tough games, but in terms, none of them like stand out. I guess that stood out a little bit. And what, what was your favorite moment of the year? Um, this could be a hobby moment. It could be a gaming moment. It could be 
something else to happen. What was your favourite Warhammer, well, Night Age related moment of the year? Mm. Um, it probably just shows how short my memory is. Let me number <laughs> take one. Um, I'm really happy to see Jordan, not not Jordan, your Jordan, the other Jordan. I'm just um, I'm just owning that Jordan anyway, so he's not my Jordan. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. It's um, <laughs> um, get best in race at Tech. Um, because I remember the last tournament with both Cardiff, we both taking Orson Goblins too. No, maybe he hadn't taken Orson Goblins. I think he taken Orson Goblins too. Anyway, I think he came in the bottom five at least or something. Anyway, it was great to see him do, you know, so much better. Yeah. So I think that was a good moment for me. Uh, but okay. I'm sure there's other moments I've just forgotten. So yeah, it's no, great. It's a, it's a nice wholesome memory. I like that. So. Uh, and then last question of your 2021 in review is what is the best model you have painted or converted this year? I'm aware that this is not a very good radio-based question, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> what have I? Um, see, all my good conversions I haven't painted yet. Um... What, what was your favourite conversion of the year? Because I think, obviously, once you've got a paint scheme, it's fairly easy to stick to it, but conversions can always be quite interesting. Mm. my conversions are normally like very subtle like I I like the way um, I think what I painted this year oh I like I think I painted one of my idols this year and I uh, just green is just a forge word world one but I green stuff some horns on him because <laughs> I think um, they look better with horns and, sweet uh, okay yeah, yeah, and then we'll wrap up with uh, two questions based around masters. The first is, uh, I'll ask him both because it might well be the same answer. Who is the person you want to dodge based off their play style, and who do you think will win? Um, can I cop out and give? I think I'd be very surprised if the winner isn't you, Tanker or Hugh. Those are my, my top three predictions. Um, who do I want to avoid because of their play style? <laughs> Can I say Jake because his play style is ID? Yeah, but, uh, that, he's, he's the exact person I want to avoid. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if ID is still as potent as they were. Um, they're, just anyway. so, they're just so solid, like, especially if, if, you, if you do use Orcs at Masters, who are, tend to be lightly armoured, their small arms shooting and magic just... I, like having played against ID with Beasthood, it is a for a lightly armored army. It's a pain in the bum. So yeah, at least with Beastheads, you strike first. With all some goblins, often you get strike first with the one wild horn that gets there. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, no, that's, I, yeah, I find running at a brick of ID tricky, but yeah, yes. cool. Um, well. That's it, unless you have any particular questions you want to throw back at me or or anything else you want to add to sort of your year in review or, or looking ahead. No, not really. I'm looking forward to Masters. Um, yeah. Mm. Is Jordan painting your army as well? Oh, he, he said something about he's broken his hand when I asked him, so <laughs> I think not. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Ali, and, uh, and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And uh, 
I will hopefully see you in January, all, all things going well. But yeah, we'll I hope you have a speedy recovery and I hope we get a game in at Masters. I remember last year looking at your list and liking my odds, probably incorrectly. <laughs> and then, of course, not playing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't know what the high off list does still. So I couldn't yeah. possibly fill you in. Um, yeah, yeah. I, hopefully we'll get a game in at some point. We, we haven't played in a long, long time. I'm trying to remember. I've only played once. Yeah, I think it's only the once last. It'd be good to get a game in sometime. Um, yeah. yeah, have a lovely Christmas. Thanks. And, um, and thank you to everyone for listening. If you've got any questions about Masters or anything, do send them in. Um, and look out for the remaining player interviews. And uh, I don't know if I'll do another one before Christmas. I wish I would a happy Christmas. But there might be another one, but we'll see. And, uh, and see you soon.